First and foremost, I would like to thank all of our healthcare workers, first responders, and everyone working on the front lines during this unprecedented and trying times in our lives. This also includes all essential business workers, grocery store employees, and delivery personnel. To the parents and teachers who are going above and beyond to try to keep the educational process flowing while also taking care of your work and your families, I thank you. And to everyone else that has taken this seriously by staying home and maintaining social distancing, I thank you. We're talking NFL Mock Draft on Fantasy Shed on Air, coming right up. To the Fantasy Shed on Air podcast. Everything you need to win your league. And now, your host, Rich Piazza. Welcome to Fantasy Shed on Air episode number, I don't even know. Let's just say it's quarantine episode number one for now. And I'm going to be looking at my first and quite possibly my last NFL mock draft for 2020. Okay, that's a lie. This is not my first mock draft. I released one almost a month ago on FantasyShed.com, but we have recently made some changes, though not many, so I guess this would be Mock Draft 1.5 or something like that. I don't usually do a Mock Draft with trades until the very end, since so much can change from now until then, but this one has some thrown in there, since we are towards the very end, we're only about five days away from this recording of the NFL Draft. And I am very intrigued, as I'm sure many of you are, as to how this whole thing is going to work. Everybody... Everything being done virtually. There will be links and kinks in the process. The NFL has already said that they have the ability to stop or freeze, so to speak, the process if a team has technical difficulties. So we could be in for a long night or night if you are planning on watching the entire time, as I plan to do. So here is how it's supposed to go down, from my understanding anyway. Players, coaches, front office personnel, and any other person involved will remain in their individual places, and players will be selected online. I guess kind of like how many of us conduct our fantasy drafts when there are multiple people drafting remotely. Roger Goodell will be announcing the selections from his basement, which I'm sure is quite large on a $40 million a year salary. But anyway, how can you watch it? It is still going to be televised on ESPN, ABC, and the NFL Network, but ESPN and the NFL Network will be combining their coverage on this one. Round one will be on Thursday, April 23rd from 8 to 11.30, though it could take longer, as I mentioned earlier, about the technical difficulties that are possible. Rounds two and three on Friday at 7 p.m. and rounds four to seven on Saturday starting at noon. So we will get to view the entire draft as always. What I am really curious to see is what happens on how trades are going to be made. Usually these teams are in their war rooms and their facilities with many people and many phone lines going off at once with all different front office executives entering calls and determining whether it's worth passing along that phone call to the general manager. A lot of work is going into this and I appreciate the NFL for going ahead with this, not just for them obviously, but for us that need some type of sports activity in our lives right now. Moving on. So here's the thing. Some people love mock drafts and others hate them. If you're one to hate them, then that's fine. Perhaps this episode isn't for you. Just be sure to go hit that like and subscribe button on whichever podcasting app you're listening on right before you go and turn it off. Also, be sure to follow on Twitter at FantasyShed underscore com and at RichPFantasy. 
Now, mock drafts are done for different reasons. Some people want to get it right, and I put that in quotes, and some do it as if they were picking for each team, and some do it just because it's a form of entertainment, especially now. I do mock drafts for all three reasons. I make my picks as if I were picking for that team based on needs, fit, etc. I also factor in some history and track records of some team's GMs if possible. Now, usually I take a deep look at all the team's pre-draft visits, interviews, and workouts. We really don't have much of that other than some virtual meetings we may have heard about. So, of course, I'd love to get these picks right, but I probably won't. Because nobody really knows what a team is thinking or wanting to do. We don't know their draft board. Not even the guys that are supposed to know and get paid the big bucks to do this. There was already a report that we could see many, many more surprises in this draft, especially in the first round. Because generally teams talk during workouts and pro days and the like. And they kind of come to a consensus about players and their values. We don't have any of that going on this year. So with this mock. I'll focus more on this broadcast, on this episode. I'll focus more on the top half of the draft in more detail with picks 16 to 32. I'll run through a little quicker, just briefly touching on certain player situations when need be. With all that said, let's get to it. So pick number one, I'm staying with the grain of everybody else. I'm staying with Joe Burrow going to the Bengals. Could the Bengals possibly trade out of this pick if reports are true that Burrow not wanting to be there are true? I guess they could. I don't see that happening. If this was going to be a situation where the Bengals would look to trade this pick, I think it would happen more so either during the draft or after the draft or after the first round, I should say, just to see who lands in other places before they actually go ahead and make that decision. I don't think it's going to happen, though. I think Joe Burrow is the pick, and he will be the Bengals quarterback for the near future, and maybe longer, so I'm sorry about that, Joe Burrow. Is Joe just a one-year wonder? I mean, look at the weapons he had last year with Justin Jefferson and Clyde Edwards and Terrace Marshall and Jamar Chase, who are going to be first-round picks next year, most likely. So he had elite-level play last year. Over 5,600 yards, 60 touchdowns, and six interceptions. That is just ridiculous. He is a complete package at quarterback. We have seen him some some comparisons to Andrew Luck in that regard. Great decision maker, good foot, uh, good footwork, pinpoint accuracy, especially with the short and intermediate balls, and he has good anticipation under pressure. So he doesn't have the arm strength of Tua, and I'm not talking about throwing the deep ball because that he could do. It has to do with velocity. So as far as that goes, he doesn't have as strong of an arm as some of the other quarterbacks in this class. But that's still gonna not that's not gonna matter. He still should be and will be the number one overall pick in this draft. Number two, again I'm staying with the grain with Chase Young going to the Washington Redskins. Uh there's not much else to say about him. We all know him. We've heard about him for quite some time. He's explosive off the line. He can drop back in coverage if need be as well. We have heard some uh rumblings and possibly rumors that the Redskins might be looking to take a quarterback in this case. Perhaps it could also trade this pick. I think everything is on the table. Again, we're going into this draft with a lot less um, information at our disposal because the teams have a lot less information at their disposal as well. So I think uh, for the most part, I'm going to stick with uh, the Washington Redskins grabbing Chase Young here at number two. Here's where I have my first trade. Okay, I have the Miami Dolphins trading up to number three from number five with the uh, Detroit Lions, and I have them 
going and grabbing Tua. Now, again, if you've been following reports, which we probably have because it hasn't been else much going on, you might hear that they like Justin Herbert better than Tua, which obviously is very possible. I don't see them trading up from five to three if it's going to mean grabbing Herbert. I think they will if they really want Tua. Um, he probably would have been the number one pick if not for his hip injury. I talked about his arm strength earlier. He has been under center. He's played in the shotgun and the pistol, so he's been all different formations. Uh, he does need to work on some ball security issues in the pocket where he gets a little bit too lackadaisical. Um, and if you're picking in a dynasty league, he's a back end of the first round if we know he is healthy. Pick number four is the New York Giants, and my pick would have been Isaiah Simmons. That is not the direction I think the Giants go. I think the Giants go offensive line, and I am going with Mekhi Becton in this case. Not the number one tackle, in my opinion, or on my board, but I could see this is the type of pick where I could see the Giants going, even with the latest news of a failed drug test at the Combine. I don't think that's all that much of a big deal. He's a monster of a man. We know that. That size, that could obviously cannot be taught. Uh, he needs, he's not the most polished of the offensive linemen, but he might have the most upside as far as long-term of any of the top offensive linemen in the draft. He's powerful, long wingspan, seven feet. Like I said, he's a little bit raw, but as I mentioned, the upside is there. This is a pick I could see the Giants making. If it's not going to be Becton, I think it could be or will be another offensive lineman, whoever they have number one on the board. If they make the right pick, of Isaiah Simmons, I'll actually be shocked because I don't think the Giants will do that. So, but that's who I would bring here at number four would be Isaiah Simmons. But it's going to be Makai Becton for me in this mock draft. Pick number five is now with the Lions. Remember, they made that trade with Miami and a great trade for them because they get Jeff Okuda, the top cornerback in this draft, and probably the guy who they were going to take at number three anyway. Prototypical size, shutdown cornerback with great speed and quick feet. He can play man-to-man or zone. I like him better in man-to-man. And he's what you call a defensive playmaker, okay? He's one that's going to get the ball back for you um, and make plays that way. So I like that pick for Detroit at number five, the same guy they would have taken at number three anyway. So the trade makes sense from that standpoint. Number six is the Chargers, another team that could possibly make their way up if they really want a certain guy. In this case, I have them going with Justin Herbert. Big guy, six foot six, strong arm. One of the things I really like about Herbert is his adaptability. He's a four-year starter, and he's been with three different schemes, so we know that he has the ability to adapt. Uh, He should be able to grow with hopefully some consistencies, but as I mentioned, he can adapt if need be. He doesn't have the upside as Burrow or Tour, in my opinion, but he can be solid. Nothing special type of quarterback. I feel like, I don't know, if maybe I'm misspeaking here or or having the wrong opinion, but I look and I see a Phillip Rivers type, um, which is ironic considering I have the Chargers going ahead with this pick, who they had for so long. They had, you know, they had Phillip Rivers. So, and I'm not talking about as far as attributes, but as far as his career path, somebody that... He's going to win a lot of games. He's going to be a solid quarterback. He might not get you or be able to get you over the hump in that respect and become a championship caliber quarterback. Uh, so maybe it's really not fair to say about Rivers, but that's that's my comparison here. Pick number seven is the Carolina Panthers, and that's where they go and get Isaiah Simmons. And every year we see one of the top players in the draft they fall down to five, six, seven range. We see it all the time. Usually it's right where the Jets are picking. They're able to 
somehow get that, but it never works out for them because they don't know how to develop. So anyway, Isaiah Simmons is the pick for Carolina. Very versatile linebacker who can play. He can play linebacker, safety, edge rusher, nickelback, or cornerback. Anywhere you put him, he'll be able to get the job done. Extraordinary athlete. He ran under 4.440. If you just look at his stats, he's checked off all the boxes as far as uh, tackles, tackles for loss, sacks, interceptions. Uh, deflections and forced fumbles. Every single one of those categories is checked off in the, uh, as far as Isaiah Simmons. So he could do it all. And I feel like long-term, we very well could be looking down the road in, in eight, nine years and saying that Isaiah Simmons was the best player to come out of this draft. Pick number eight, we're up to the Arizona Cardinals. And obviously we know about their big trade of uh, DeAndre Hopkins, where they traded uh, David Johnson and they a couple picks or whatever, and they got uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know what Bill O'Brien's doing, but that's besides the point. So now they need to help Kyler Murray, and they do that here with offensive tackle Tristan Wirfs. And uh, there's no need for the wide receiver now after the uh, Hopkins addition. Uh, many boards have Wirfs as the number one O-lineman, and here's the thing about these offensive linemen. Um, you could probably rank them and you have probably seen them ranked anywhere from one to five or one to four in any order. I don't think there's particularly one. I do have one ranked number one. I'll get to that in a little bit, but I don't think there's one that really stands out and separates him from, you know, from all the others that say, no, he's the best tackle out there. You can ask 10 different people rank these offensive uh, linemen and you can have all different opinions of all of them. So um, Werfs is number one on many boards, and he goes to Arizona at number eight. Uh, he played mainly right tackle for Iowa in a pro-style run game. Um, he's more athletic than you think with someone of that size. I'm not too sure how he translates in the NFL as a left tackle, as many have predicted. He may even be more of an NFL guard down the line. So we'll see how that goes. Either way, he's going to be a solid addition to the Cardinals. Pick number nine. A lot of people have this as a as an area where the Jaguars could potentially move back, and this could be uh, a pick that is traded. Obviously, very possible. We never know. It's, it's hard enough to predict mock drafts as it is, and so when you're trying to predict trades, it's just more of of all speculation and what you think. You know what you would do, you know stuff like that. But I have the Jags staying here at number nine and going with Derek Brown the defensive tackle out of Auburn. I mean, what do you do with a 6'5", 335-pound man? You stick him right in the middle of your defensive line, of course. So um, maybe one of the top wide receivers or one of the remaining top online could be uh, a target for some teams if they want to come up and get this pick. All three top wide receivers are still available. There are some linemen still available. So that might be something of an area where teams look at this and say, I need to go up and get my guy. But the Jags need help on the interior with Campbell now in Denver. More of a run stopper, but he can certainly get into the backfield as well and cause disruption. So Derek Brown to the Jaguars at pick number nine. Pick number 10 is another trade I have. This is where the Atlanta Falcons, they move up from 16. And I had this done, like I said, in my first mock draft about a month ago. And this is before you start hearing about how the Falcons want to move up. We don't know where. There's been some reports that the Falcons and the Jets have had some discussions, but I have them moving up here to 10, and I have them going with Caleb on chasing the defensive end out of LSU, probably the second best edge rusher in the draft. He's a little bit raw, ton of upside. Um, he missed 2018 with a torn ACL where, well, he played one game that year. So is he a one-year wonder? Who knows? But he can blow up that backfield for sure. 13 and a half tackles for loss last year. So 
We'll see how he does. I think he's a good fit over there in Atlanta. So they jump up from 16 to 10 and get their guy. Number 11 is the New York Jets, my New York Jets. So I'm very passionate about this pick and whatever the Jets do, unfortunately. And I had them going with Jerry Judy, the wide receiver out of Alabama. Now, just like the tackles, you could also do the same thing with these wide receivers. Who's your number one? Who's your number two? Who's your number three? Who's your number four? I've even seen some rankings where Denzel Mims is up in the top three, even ahead of Judy. Um, Justin Jefferson is, uh, you know, might be up there ahead of Lamb or ahead of Judy or whoever. So it's it's again, it's it's how you feel about the prospect, and we really don't know what these teams are thinking and how they're feeling about the guys. I'm still sticking with Judy as my top wide receiver, which is why I have the Jets going that direction. He's the best route runner in the draft, and he might be one of the best route runners in the league right away. He's that good of a route runner. So why is he a better fit for the Jets? I don't think the Jets would have him play in the slot. And if he plays in the slot, which is fine, he needs to work a little bit more on the blocking if in the slot. So I don't think that translates well for what the Jets would view him as. He'd be the top dog on the outside, and I think that makes a lot of sense. I would not be stunned at all if it would be C.D. Lamb here. I wouldn't even be shocked if it's Henry Ruggs here. Now, in my opinion, if the Jets have Ruggs as the guy that they want, maybe a trade back a couple spots might make sense if the opportunity is there. I know a lot of teams have mentioned um, offensive line as 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 the pick for the Jets. And you know what? Yeah, they 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 do. They need the offensive line. But if you listen to what GM Joe Douglas has said over and over again this offseason is they need playmakers. They don't have that. So there's a reason when you look at what they've done in free agency, they have signed five offensive linemen. Are they the best? No. Are they are they better than what they've had? Absolutely. So yeah, offensive line could be the pick here. And especially with a such a deep wide receiver class, you certainly can get another one or a top wide a top wide receiver in the second or even possibly the third round. It's that good. But I would have no problem with the Jets if the Jets went wide receiver in first and second round. Um and that's and that's why I think if you listen to like again what Douglas is saying about playmakers, he hasn't addressed that. He lost Robbie Anson, but he replaced him with Persada Perriman, a very similar type of player as far as playmaking ability. So they, you know, he was making that announcement even before all that, thinking whether it was going to be Anderson or whoever. In addition to that player, they still need playmakers. And that's why I think wide receiver is going to be the pick here for the New York Jets. And you could rank in front, as my opinion, I like all three a lot as far as Lamb, Judy, and Ruggs. I like, I'm higher on Ruggs than most people. And when I look at Henry Ruggs, I'm going to get to him in a little while. I'd be fine with him because I see a lot of Tyreek Hill. When I see rugs, which I'll get to, like I said, in just a little bit. But these wide receivers are maybe 1A, 1B, and 1C for me. So I would be not surprised at all with any one of them. But I think a wide receiver is the pick. We're going to stick with wide receiver here for pick number 12 and the Raiders. And they're going to go with C.D. Lamb. He's, he's got an inch on Judy. That's really about it. He's a great run after the catch ability. Not as good as Judy as a route runner. Uh, not bad, though. Some people have compared him to a little DeAndre Hopkins esque type of player. I don't, I'm not sure I see that all that much, but CD Lamb goes to Oakland with number 12. They do need help. I know they signed Nelson Aguilar um, and they have Tyrell Williams, but they need more than that. Henry Ruggs is my pick for 13. Now, it's not going to be to the San Francisco 49ers who now own this pick after trading DeForest Buckner, 
to the Indianapolis Colts, who had the pick. Um, San Francisco will trade again and trade this pick to Denver, who pick at 15. So Denver moves up from 15 to 13. They continue the run on wide receivers. They go with Henry Ruggs. And this guy would be such a great compliment for uh, Cortland Sutton on the other side of there. And I mentioned Ruggs, Tyreek Hill comparison and how I'm higher on him than a lot of people. The Heights, Hill's 5'10", Ruggs is 5'11", the weight 185 to 188 for Ruggs. The 40 times are, are 4.29 for Hill, 4.27 for Ruggs. So the very, very similar type of player. And when you define the word playmaker, that's what you think of. When you say Tyreek Hill, you think of a playmaker. So I feel like the same for Henry Ruggs. And his stats from college don't scream out at you, okay? They're not fantastic. They're not overwhelming. But they are pretty consistent between 2018 and 2019. So maybe he had other too many other weapons around him at Alabama, which is why his stats aren't as good as they should be. And like, you, you, you just can't teach speed. You can't teach size and you can't teach speed. And that's what he has as far as a wide receiver. Um, you can work on the other thing. So I had three straight wide receivers going here, um, 11, 12, and 13. And now we go to pick 14, and this is where Tampa Bay is on the clock, and they're going to go with Andrew Thomas uh, to help Tom Brady out over there. And Andrew Thomas is my number one offensive tackle. Started at left tackle the past two seasons, which no other top lineman can say that. His size, athleticism, versatility – He's a plug-and-play starter from day one on either side of the line. Uh, he can he can pass block and run block. So Andrew Thomas, I think, is a great pick. If there was going to be a tackle available, if Andrew Thomas is there for the Jets at 11, I'd be fine with that pick as well, though I really, really want a receiver there. Moving on to pick 15. Now we're at San Francisco. Remember, they traded with Denver, so now they're back at 15. And they're going to go with defensive tackle Javon Kinlaw. Similar height and weight as Derek Brown, but it's, it's distributed differently. Uh, he's disruptive in the backfield. Needs to focus more. His, he's got a very high motor, which sometimes runs a little too high where he misses tackles. Uh, so San Fran trades a D lineman due to money concerns. They already had one of the best defenses in the league. So really all they're doing is replacing Buckner with Kinlaw, who is going to be making less money than Buckner was. And that's what winning and smart teams do. Um, but I also think a cornerback or safety is a possibility here as well. All right, going to speed up a little bit more now as I head over to pick 16 through 32, the end of the first round. Um, pick 16 is Cleveland's that they made with in the trade with Atlanta. So they were at 10, they moved down to 16, and they still get Jedrick Willis, uh, Wills, who, um, again, Maybe the top lineman on some boards. On a lot of boards, Wills is the top lineman. So Cleveland moves back six spots um, and still lands one of the top offensive linemen. So that's a good trade for them if that happens. Pick 17, the Dallas Cowboys. I have them going with Trevon Diggs, the cornerback out of Alabama. Not the best cornerback on the board. Maybe not even the next best four or five cornerbacks, depending on your board. But this is Jerry's world. Pick 18, Miami. They continue to do work. I mean, they've had a great offseason, in my opinion. Already, they went ahead and, and drafted Tua earlier on. I think they keep this pick and use their other first-round pick, which is later on at pick 20. Where am I? Pick. Uh, I'll get to it, but uh, I think it's pick 26 is where is the pick that they give up in, in my mock draft uh, in order to move up. So they go with Josh Jones, offensive tackle out of Houston. 
And this pick, like I said, it could be included with that trade um, earlier, but I think it's going to be the uh, next first round pick. Pick 19, uh, the Raiders, they go a Christian Fulton, the cornerback out of LSU. Pick number 20, Jacksonville. Uh, it could be a quarterback here, okay? Love is still available, um, but I think Jacksonville may have their eyes set on next year and Trevor Lawrence. So I'm going to have them going with C.J. Henderson here, the cornerback out of Florida. Now that leaves pick 21, and I have a trade to announce, and this is where the Eagles were supposed to be picking, and now I have the New England Patriots moving up two spots. They have 12 picks, and they use some of them in order to move up, and they go with Jordan Love, and I hope I'm wrong because I am a fan of Jordan Love, and I do not want to see the Patriots draft him, but he will provide some immediate competition with Jared Stidham to replace Tom Brady unless something unforeseen happens with Cam Newton or Jameis Winston. Pick 22, Minnesota Vikings. This was the pick they acquired in the Stephon Diggs deal. And they go with A.J. Epinesa, the defensive end out of Iowa. Uh, pick 23, the Philadelphia Eagles, where they moved back, remember, from 21. Justin Jefferson is the pick for me, the next best wide receiver as far as I'm concerned, the fourth best. And I think a wide receiver obviously needs to be the pick here. Slot receiver, LSU pro-style passing game. He's even a better fit for Philly with Ertz and Goddard there occupying some of the middle. Think Keenan Allen when you think of Justin Jefferson, it, you know, as far as that security blanket type of person. He can block, which is why he's a better fit in the slot, but he also can play outside with that with that great speed. Needs to develop more of a route running tree. Um, I also like Denzel Mims and T. Higgins as other options in this spot as well. Either way, wide receiver needs to be the pick for the Eagles here. Pick 24, the Saints, uh, they go with linebacker Patrick Queen. He stays home in Louisiana. Pick 25, the Vikings are back on the clock, and they trade a disgruntled Stephon Diggs for a future disgruntled Stephon Diggs and Jalen Rieger. So Rieger replaces Diggs over there in Minnesota. Pick 26, Kenneth Murray, the linebacker out of TCU. This was that other first-round pick that I had uh, Detroit sending, I'm sorry, Miami sending Detroit. So if that happens at pick 26, Kenneth Murray is the pick here for them. Pick 27, we're up to Seattle Seahawks. They go with Jordan Elliott. And I must say, this might, this might be the most difficult pick in this entire mock draft because I didn't really find someone of need being picked here or worthy of this pick, which is... Nobody really stands out, which is why a trade back is definitely a possibility, which we know that they like to do in the first round. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Seahawks trade out of this pick um, altogether. But I have Jordan Elliott going here, defensive tackle out of Missouri. Pick number 28, the Baltimore Ravens. They're going with LaVisca Chenault. And this really depends on how they feel about his medicals. A new report came out that he should be 100% clear to play. Um, by April 25th, and, you know, he's had three surgeries in a year, okay? A torn labrum, turf toe, abdominal injury. So I could see T. Higgins or Denzel Mims in this spot if they aren't comfortable with Chenault's progress, but he is a playmaker. He can be used in the backfield as well. Uh, you would need a creative play caller in, in, in this setup for him, but it would be another weapon with Lamar Jackson and Marquise Brown, and that could be really fun to watch. So I like this pick here for uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Pick 29, uh, the Tennessee Titans. They go with Curtis Weaver, the defensive end out of Boise State. Pick number 30, 
Denzel Mims, I'm a big fan of Mims. Um, again, these top five, I would put him in the top five. He's ahead of Riga for me. Uh, he's he's right up there with uh, with T. Higgins and and Justin Jefferson. I'd probably have him and Jefferson neck and neck, um, in my opinion. But I, I do like him a lot, and you can argue that he's in line with them anyway. Um, and I'd have a hard time telling anybody who says that that they're wrong. You know, great size, six three, speed. He ran a four point three eight forty. So uh, that's a nice pick there, opposite Devonte Adams for Green Bay. Uh, not as polished a route runner, but he can change. He has quick change of direction, which is awesome. So uh, if you haven't already looked at his tape, uh, do so. Um, and he might have as much upside as any receiver in this draft. Grant Del Pete is the safety for San Francisco at pick thirty one. And wrapping up the first round is DeAndre Swift, the running back out of Georgia, going to the world champion Chiefs. So let's just give the best explosive offense in the league even more explosive weapons than DeAndre Swift. Um, so that's uh, that's how we wrap up the first round with, with Swift, the best running back, uh, arguably the best running back. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is right up there as well. Um, so the best running back in the draft is going to the world champion Chiefs. That is going to wrap up this mock draft. Uh, perhaps there will be one more the day before or even the morning of the draft, so be sure to keep checking back on FantasyShed.com. And if you are also subscribed to the show, you will know when a new episode is launched, so please do so. And I hope you enjoyed it. Please reach out to me on Twitter, on Facebook, wherever. Let me know what you like, didn't like, what you agree with and don't agree with. I'm fine. Um, it's up for discussion. All these picks are so. Let's have some. Let's have some good discussion. If you want to uh, debate some of these, uh, so keep in touch. Enjoy the draft and stay safe. Thanks for listening to Fantasy Shed on Air. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at fantasyshed underscore com for information on upcoming episodes as we help guide you to a fantasy football championship.